Welcome to Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today. Please write us a review if you enjoyed the show and stay tuned to the end of the show for a very special gift. Now let's get into episode four with Kahana Swift. We ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We forgive each other. Mm-hmm. And it's not just them, us expecting them to as parents. We're yeah. also asking for forgiveness. I was thinking about this topic and how important it is for us to raise our children in a godly manner. Today, we have Kahana Swift. She's the culture pastor at Father's House OC in Huntington Beach. She ministers to her church body and oversees family ministries. Kahana is also a huge advocate for Christians to support foster care and become foster families. Her family has welcomed six children through her home in the past four years. Her most treasured ministry is to her amazing husband and four active sons. Hi, Kahana. It's so great to have you on the Gems of Motherhood podcast. So good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I am so excited to have you on the show just to speak to us about raising kingdom kids. Yeah. Now, you long to see families raising children who understands your identity in Christ. You know, also walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and have a deep relationship with the living God. Now, I know I want that for my child. How would you define kingdom parenting? Yeah, so I would define kingdom parenting as intentionally parenting our kids with the values and the heart of our radical savior, Jesus Christ. He Amen. was counterculture, you know, a lot of the things that he said and did was absolutely radical for the time. So as we parent our kids with kingdom values, it might look different than the parents that are around us. And even sometimes, you know, the Christian families that are around us, our personal beliefs might look a little bit different than that. So that's one thing that we do remind our kids all the time is that we do what's right for our family mm-hmm. and that might not be right for every, every other family. Right. And there's no judgment in that. We all make our own choices. And, you know, sometimes it looks like not letting our kids watch a show or a movie that another family that we trust and love, they do allow their kids to do that. Or maybe even as extreme, if you want to call this extreme, as not having a consequence in a situation when you would think there should be one because mm-hmm. you're being led by the Holy Spirit to do something else to deal with, you know, the behavior or the issue. So that's one thing. It definitely doesn't look like all the other parenting out there when we're raising our kids to be kingdom kids. Yeah. Speaking about television, right? To each its own, each family, you know, raise your kids differently. And there are certain families who would play certain programs for their children. What happens when your child head over to their house and so happen that program is being turned on? What do you say? Or (laughs) are you there to say anything? We do if we're not there and our kids are watching something that they know they're not supposed to. Uh, That's a conversation we've had before they go over to their friend's house. Now, I do have to say we are very cautious about where they go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we have a lot of play dates that are, you know, outside and playing and maybe doing an event versus just going and playing at someone's house. But obviously that does come up. And so that is for our children to take a moment to 
ask the Holy Spirit, like, hey, is this okay for me or not? And when all else fails, they call us. So they call us and say, hey, this is what's happening. This, you know, even if they have to use the parent's phone, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, only one of our kids has a phone. Um, so they have to consult with us and get a yes or a no. Sometimes it's not the right an- the answer that they wanted or what they were looking for. Right. And, you know, it does sometimes put them in a tough position, but they can always put it on us. So they can always say, even if they don't feel comfortable and they know we wouldn't, but we ne- didn't necessarily tell them they couldn't do it. Right. They would, they have the permission from us to say, oh, our, our, my mom doesn't let me watch that. Or my parents don't let me to watch, you know, allow me to watch that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gives them even a little bit of grace for themselves and a little bit of an out if they're feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And it's not necessarily disobeying, but they have a feeling that it's probably not what we would want them to be watching and consuming. Right. I do have four sons. So there are, we make some different choices than probably if I had four daughters. So the True. things that we guide them towards watching, um, you know, maybe if I had four daughters, we would be more sensitive to violence where it does, it doesn't seem to be affecting my sons as much as sexual content, mm-hmm. you know, and really guarding their hearts. So it's been an interesting journey. And I did grow up with all sisters. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So it's been really interesting then having, you know, four biological sons. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> and mine I, stretched through the teens down to early elementary. So they're 15, 13, 8, and 7. So I have a large span of boys. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you need a lot of grace when you have all boys. <laughs> Oh, preach it, sister. I mean, I have people stopping me in the grocery store like, bless you, bless you, woman. But honestly, the Lord knew just what I needed. Yep. I mean, the, the lack of drama, it's true. <laughs> it's true. They, they rough and tumble. They can kind of argue it out and then they move on. Very true. So it's, it's great. You don't have to deal with hormones. Uh-uh. Well, actually, actually... That is a little known fact about raising boys. You do <laughs> not to the extent of the teenage girl whatsoever. Like they do get moody and sensitive, but it's nothing like I remember myself as a teenage right. girl. Right. You know? Yeah. Thankfully. So, <laughs> so what would you say is the main goal of raising kingdom kids? Yeah. So I, for my husband and I, the main goal is that our kids will know Jesus from a young age and um, that they will walk with him, that it won't just be their parents, Jesus, that it'll be their Jesus. And our heart's desire and prayer is that our kids will be able to hear from the Holy Spirit for themselves, that they'll be able to um, discern you know, when he's telling them to go right or telling them to go left. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, they will have a hunger for a relationship with Jesus for themselves, that they'll have a love for his word, that they'll have a broken heart for the loss, for the hurting, and that they will stand up for justice and Mm -hmm. be men that walk, you know, in integrity. Right. Now, I know both you and your husband are ministers at the church. Now, how can you help shape and mold, you know, our children to love Christ? Yeah, it's a great, great question. So um, there's four ways that we've kind of looked at in our own lives 
that I would love to share with you and all of your listeners, uh, modeling environment, discipline, and discipling. And so those are four areas that as moms, we can go and reflect. And even as a parenting team, you can kind of go and reflect on together. So, I mean, the first to back everything up, the first step is we need to do our work with the Lord. And we need to really, I mean, like John, four, John 15, mm-hmm. we need to be attached to the, to the vine, you know? Amen. So that's one thing at, at, at the end of the day, you want to lay your head down and say, am I growing personally? Am I spending time with him? Am I getting refreshed? Am I getting renewed? And parenting is a great way to refine your Christianity because it pushes us to the brink. It tests us. Absolutely. It puts us through the fire (laughs) with no sleep, you know? Um, So it's, it really is one of the best ways to bring out the worst in yourself Mm-hmm. in order to be transformed more into Christ-likeness. Um, and in that, it's, it's like a two-sided coin. So we know, we know our faults. We know how much we need Jesus. And then at the same time, we know that we were appointed and anointed to mother the kids that we have. You know, that he really has a purpose for our parenting, that he... Um, you know, chose each one of our children, whether they came into our home by marriage, if they came into our home through adoption or biologically or foster children, he has placed them there. And so anything he builds, he's going to watch after. So it kind of reminds me of Psalms 127 when it says, unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labor in vain. Mm-hmm. And what's also interesting is that is the same chapter where it talks about children are a heritage from the Lord Mm. and a reward from him, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So to me, it kind of feels like he was up to something in that. And as I go about my parenting and I try to do some plan, okay, this is going to be our reward system. This is going to be our discipline plan. And what I'm kind of striving trying to make that happen on my own, sometimes it doesn't work out as well. Right. Of course. You know, <laughs> and then when I do come to the Lord and say, Hey, can you help me out with this? Can we make the plan together? It usually works out better and it's more successful. Um, I do have a funny example of that. So during the pandemic, mm-hmm. all my kids are public school. So they all came home and we're doing schoolwork at home. And so I created a schedule for them. And obviously I put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. You know, I made it look pretty. I got into there, you know, and I printed it out. Well, you were a teacher too. Yes. I was a teacher. I was a public school teacher. And to be honest, we do have a schedule every summer. Yeah. Just to keep structures moving throughout the day. Yeah. So they're not, it's not foreign to them that we would have a schedule. Mm-hmm. But um, I just, I got excited about it. This is going to be amazing. This whole entire time is going to be the best time of our lives. So I get on there. I make this little schedule, print it out. And it's just, it's just rough. Like it's not going smoothly. Um, <laughs> where I'm like, no, we're supposed to be doing this right now. And everything's morphing with the pub, with the system. Like, they're getting this assignment and then that. And so things weren't working. And I was at the end of myself and I kind of just 
had a moment with the Lord and he's like, okay, well, we tried it your way. So now why don't you sit with me at, with a mindset of flexibility mm. and let's rework this. So we reworked the schedule together, the Holy Spirit and I, and had the mindset that, okay, I'm going to be flexible. If this doesn't work, we're just right. going to tweak it again tomorrow. So like six schedules later, we pretty much nailed it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it took, it took, it took some time to kind of say, okay, what, when did they work best? When do they need a break? You know? Yeah. Um, and that's just one little silly example that was very recent right. of when I kind of tried to build it my, on my own and right. I really needed, I really needed him, you know, to show me his wisdom. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned that there were four points, right? Modeling, yeah. environmental, discipline, and discipling. Yeah. Can you expand on it just a little bit? Just give us a little gem nuggets. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so obviously John 5.19 says the son can do nothing by himself. He can mm -hmm. only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. So what did he do? He healed the sick. He had dinner with people. He preached. He taught. Mm -hmm. And he traveled with them. All those same things, basically, that we do with our kids, right? Uh, you know, as they're growing up and and as we're parenting, and so some of the things that we do as a family is we serve together. We go out and we feed um, we feed people in need once a month through our church. Mm -hmm. We are the first ones to church, obviously, pastors. So first one to church, last one to leave. Right? They're setting up joyfully it's it's normal to them that we come and serve and that we clean up first yeah. and then we clean up after it's just very normal to them we also just encourage them when we're at a party and we're still there when it ends let's help clean up it's just those little things that they can watch us doing that just encourage them to be more like Christ and also have that love for Christ. And then the obvious is becoming a foster family. Right. Um, it's been an incredible journey of learning sacrificial love, love that really you can't expect anything in advance, which of course there's tons of joy, mm -hmm. you know, throughout it. But I'm um, just walking through that with my kids, watching them has been so beautiful to see how they just take in whoever comes in our home, uh, wherever they're at behaviorally, whatever race they are, whatever age they are, uh, just, just open arms. My boys have just shown me so much of the love of God as they've welcomed these little ones in. And I mean, after they've bitten them or kicked them or, you know, or, or watched them go and, and cried as they left, through the pain and through the joy, our family has definitely been transformed. And, you know, of course that comes down to the parents modeling it. We gave them that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I know that they are going to take that through their life. Um, a couple other things that we do that I love is we intentionally set goals. So every January 1st, uh, we get together, we reflect on the year before, we see the goals that we maybe met, or maybe we were, you know, almost to, and celebrate that. And then we make goals as a family, and we make goals as individuals. Mm. And we make spiritual goals, we make academic goals, wherever we're at, um, we try to incorporate those in. 
And it's been really fun. We've been doing it for probably 10 years. And my oldest is five, is 15. So wow. it's just kind of like what we do. Yeah. And I know that's something that they'll take with them because it has been modeled, right. you know, and watching them worship or watching, having them watch us worship, worshiping together, praying together, um, being vulnerable, not just fake perfect parents. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been really good. That's absolutely, I can't agree more because we are the, the models for their lives, you know, as they grow up, you know, we are the people that they look to. Right. Right. So it's so important that we, we become the example of who Christ has called us to be. Yeah. While Christ does his work in, you know, building them up and creating them and making them wonderfully and beautifully. Right. Yeah. Um, And the last thing we would want is our kids to look at us and say, oh, what a hypocrite. You know, that would be, oh, that would be the worst. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the worst. And, you know, you said earlier about, you know, how parenting, um, we're constantly being refined. And it's just like a gem. Yes. A gem has to be refined. It has to be burned, you know, in order for for it to become a diamond or to become Mm -hmm. a a gem and the pressure that's needed. Exactly. And so I feel like, you know, we are as, as parents, as mothers, we're constantly being refined every single second of the day. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) Those are really, really great modeling aspect that you just shared. Can you share a little bit about environment and then discipline and discipling? Yeah, absolutely. So does our house look and sound like all the other kids at school or is it slightly different? Which if it's a kingdom parenting, it's going to look and sound a little bit different. We don't want to be conformed by the patterns of this world. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we want to be renewed um, by the Lord. So for me, one of the things that helps me so much as I go throughout my day with my kids is having worship music playing. I have worship music, not just Christian music, but Mm -hmm. worship music, even sometimes spontaneous worship from YouTube or whatever, just playing. And I'll find my kids in their room by themselves singing along, or even if the music's off, I hear them singing. And I would love for the soundtrack of my children's childhood to be worship and praise. And it's really opened up some good opportunities even to pray for my kids. Like I've seen them being moved by something in the worship and I've had an opportunity to minister to my own kids. And it's been really, really beautiful. We also kind of limit our screen time and our, Mm -hmm. I have sons, so they are drawn to the blue light, like moths to the flame. Like they, they are obsessed. So we do limit that. And I know some families don't limit that. It's kind of a free for all, or they have, you know, TVs in their bedroom, which is fine if that's what they want. But we've made the decision to have it just in the family room and we have limited their screens. My kids are, some of them are teenagers. So when they get in the car, phones go by me and I don't use my phone and Mm -hmm. we talk. If there's a carpool, the kids that get in, they know that there's no phones and we talk about the school day. And it's amazing what that shoulder to shoulder conversation, the things that come out, um, it's less intimidating than staring right in the eyes. Even if there's a kid that's not your kid in the back seat, and it's, it's really beautiful. I love that. So, that is really yeah. beautiful because we don't do that too much these days. And, right. and I feel like this really helped to cultivate kids into 
building relationship and communicating with each other. Right. And then they get out of the car. They're like, oh, that was actually really nice and really fun. Mm. You know, like, oh, we talked about something because (laughs) all of us have an addiction. We all do. Yeah. That little device in our hand. And so I feel it as a parent. So of course I need to really limit it and guide my kids through that of how to have a healthy relationship with your phone. Right. You know, um, my husband and I, when our oldest was just a baby, we heard about the model, the funnel parenting Mm. design. And so I don't know if you're familiar with that, but basically they look at parenting like a funnel. So at the bottom it's tighter. So, you know, from age zero to five, you're kind of, uh, you're working with your child to show that you're the authority and really have them more on a, on a tighter leash, very consistent, and they don't have as much freedom to just kind of, you know, make different choices. You're kind of keeping the fail factor small. So you're giving them opportunities, yeah, to fail and to succeed, but it's at le- it's less risk. And then as they get older, maybe like 6 to 12, is when you're kind of teaching them to like have internal an internal guide. So you're not as much of the authoritarian kind of figure. You you mm-hmm. still are, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are doing heart training and kind of getting them to set their own boundaries. Mm-hmm. And you're giving them room to succeed and fail in a safe way. And then the next step is kind of more coaching. So um, 13 to 18, you're kind of coaching them to make their own choices. And so you're asking a lot of questions and you're really being a soundboard. And um, that's new territory for my husband and I. So we have 15 and 13 year olds. Right. So we're, we're you know, navigating that right now. And instead of them asking us what to do, um, we're helping to guide them to make the choice on their own. And so then after 18, we can kind of walk more into the friendship where as mm-hmm. youth pastors, previously, we kind of saw parents clamping down in fear at that age, which just kind of causes rebellion and breaks relationship. Mm-hmm. So our, we heard this early on, and it's been really helpful to, you know, because sometimes it's the reverse, where the kids kind of have freedom, and they do whatever they want, and they can draw on the table, and they can kind of have a heyday, which we encourage creativity, absolutely. <laughs> um, but if you flip it upside down, then when they're older, it's when you're kind of getting nervous, they're making choices and they don't really know how to make proper choices. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the way that we've taken our stance in discipline and a book that I love, if I can recommend it's keep your love on by Danny. So, and in that book, every, every time you have a conflict or when you're working through a tough spot in a relationship, the, the goal is deeper relationship. So mm. when you use, you know, every word that you choose, is this bringing me closer or is this tearing me apart from my goal of a closer relationship? So, um, in the later years with the kids, that's what we really try to remember, mm. you know, when we are butting heads or disagreeing on a decision. Yeah. And so, Yeah. Love that. And the fourth one that I want to touch on is discipling. So we all know the Great Commission if you've been walking with the Lord. So go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. And I believe that that starts at home. And it begins with relationship. Um, Most of us, as we grew in our Christian walk, there were those special people in our lives that, that had relationship with us. And we watched them walk 
um, in their walk with the Lord. So showing our struggles with the kids, processing it. Here's what I did. Here's how I came to the, you know, here's how I approached the Lord when I had this struggle really speaks volumes to the kids about not having to be perfect and not having to hide from us. So when you're, for instance, if you're discipling someone that's not in your family, mm-hmm. that's kind of the conversation you would have like, oh yeah, I have this struggle and here's how I overcame. So in parenting, I feel like many times there's this, this feeling that we need to show them that we have it all together, but that in a way breaks relationship because then they feel like they can't right. fail or they can't, you know, mess up in something or that they're going to be, you know, ultimately judged for that. So um, one of the things that in the Barna research, teens leave the church because it seems shallow. Mm. And I would hate for my kids to think that there's no depth because they never see it in me. And so that's one of the things in discipling that I think is, is really important. And also just talking to them about sex and sexuality. I want to be the expert that they come and talk to, mm-hmm. not the friend that introduced them to something. Right. Um, I want them to know that it's an open conversation that they can ask questions. And so my husband and I have, since they were very young, just kind of kept that as an open conversation. Here's what we believe. Here's why we believe it. Here's the Bible. Here's what it says. Mm-hmm. Here's why we wait to have sex before we're married. You know, it, here's all the things so that, that it's an open dialogue. It's not just a one-time conversation. And we also don't separate our ministry from right. our family. So I know a lot of times it's not appropriate to have a kid, you know, in wherever we're ministering, but a lot of times it is. And so we brought them with us and they've helped us and they've prayed for people with us. And I feel like that's a really sweet aspect that we've done well in our church and with our family. I love it. I, I love all of the four prongs, modeling, environmental discipline and discipling. Those are all such important points that you've made. Um, Thank you. And I think that we should all definitely take it into consideration because I feel like it does make a child whole, yeah. you know, with all those four points. And it's going to look different for everybody. And that's why it's so awesome that we have the opportunity to go meet with the Holy Spirit because he's going Amen. to speak to each one, each mother, each parent about how, how this needs to look in their family and with their specific child. And it's different with every single one. Right. You know, I have four different personalities raised by the same two parents in the same home, you know, at the same church, and they're completely different. And I have to use different strategies with each one. Mm -hmm. Keep me on my toes, that's for sure. (laughs) So do you ever get confused? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm like, wait, what strategy am I using for this one? Okay. Let me check my, let me check my little notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, you have your first kid and you kind of feel like maybe you have it figured out, right? <laughs> then you have your second one and they're, they're like the, the improved version of the first until something happens and you're like, <laughs> what, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? You got to go back to the drawing board, but that's what keeps us on our toes, growing, improving keeping us on our knees every day. Yeah. Yep. Keeping us on our knees every day. Yeah. All right. Now I, I have another question for you. How do we prepare our children to take on assignments God has for their lives? Yeah. 
So, I mean, I think a lot of what we're doing every day around the house, um, you know, with the modeling, with Mm -hmm. discipling them, because the Great Commission starts at home, with disciplining them consistently and with love, with creating an environment that's really easy for them to access the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, prayer. I think all of that kind of sets our kids up to actually be able to walk in what they've been called to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Now, is there anything that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? Yeah, definitely. Um, One of the things that I would love to share, even to my younger self, is make sure that you keep time for you and your husband. Get away. If you happen to be, if you're blessed to be married, um, get away with your husband. Make time for that relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, watch your kids, you know, have your kids watch you going out on date. And even it's a lot of work to go out of town and leave kids. And it's a lot of scrambling and it's a lot of effort involved to oh, make yeah. sure that they're safe, that they're taken care of, that they're going to their activities. But all of that just points to the importance that it is to keep that center of the family strong and in love. Mm-hmm. So that's one definitely that I would just love to, you know, speak into any moms. And then I think the second one that I would love to share is just making sure to take time to cultivate your friendships. Mm. I know it's so easy to get caught up with the day to day and with the busyness. And if someone's not in your immediate circle, it's sometimes hard to, you know, share your heart with them because you're just busy with your kids. But one of the things that I have loved about this season of my life is I have women around me that are cheering me on. They're there to pray for me. They're there Mm -hmm. to push me. They're there to pull me Um, spiritually. I see them ahead of me. I see them beside me. And that's one thing, having moms and friendships like that, that I, that I'm also willing to sacrifice to cultivate is really, really vital just in my personal health and just as a mom, as a person, as, as a believer. So that's definitely uh, important. Yeah, I absolutely agree 100%. I mean, it is vital for our mental health, especially when we're just with our children day to day, hour by hour. Yeah. Um, and I agree about spending time uh, with your husband. I remember before having my daughter, my husband and I would have date nights every Tuesday. And whatever that date night is, it's just me and him, no electronics, no nothing. And that was the best time. And because we knew life was going to change when we have it. And even then, now that we have a kid, date nights don't come as often, but we do try to have it, except during the season right now where everyone is staying home. (laughs) Right. But even in that, we can get creative, you know, right. yeah. putting the kids to bed and then being intentional, like this is a date night in, exactly. you know, and make a plan and take turns planning it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. thankfully, like our daughter goes to sleep around 730. So then we have the night to ourselves, either where, you know, either I'm catching up on work. And then after that, we're spending time right. together and etc. But it is really, really helpful. And like you said, it does keep the marriage and the family centered. And of course, I completely agree with what you said, you know, having friends, you know, cultivating the friendships, because yeah. 
other than your immediate husband and your mm-hmm. kids do need that support. Yeah. Other women who would pray for you and who would encourage right. you because I think it's and maybe women even who need that. yeah, absolutely, and maybe even have walked down a path that you're walking down, but they walked it before you. Right. And they're mm-hmm. able to give you some wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. I feel like, you know, we've gotten so many great gem nuggets. Um, Kahana, thank you so much for coming on the show with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for just running after what you felt God put in your heart. Yeah, absolutely. I really feel like it's a journey that every mom can walk together, no matter what stages of life they're in. There's always a learning opportunity every single day. Absolutely. All right. Well, this sums up our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. Now, I know you guys waited for a long time. Luna Performing Arts is downtown Manhattan's newest performing arts center. They offer a wide area of dance and movement for both adults and children, including ballet, jazz, hip hop, contemporary, Chinese dance and story time and movement. And guess what? They have virtual classes. Just mention GEMS10 for a 10% discount on your summer program. Registration has already begun, so you don't want to miss it. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing GEMS of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.